Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. It is Saturday. If you observed Thanksgiving, that has come and gone. Black Friday has come and gone. I don't know about you, but it just is blowing my mind that it's almost December. Like, it's almost 2022. What? Oh my goodness. Um, Chris is not with us today. We're going to try and get back on a routine. It's just been a little bonkers with our trip to Mexico. And then we came back, we were hosting Thanksgiving, we have Roman's baptism, just a lot of balls in the air. So he is currently upstairs with the baby who should be sleeping and is not sleeping, but hopefully he'll be sleeping soon. We will do, I want to say, I promise Chris will be back next week. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to make sure that Chris is on next Saturday's episode. But I realized that last Saturday, I didn't announce a winner. So We're going to fix that. Of course, there's going to be a winner today, but also everybody can kind of win in one shape, way, shape, or form. I know a lot of you are big fans of Amari products or curious about trying them right now through the 28th. So through tomorrow. So you have all day today, all day tomorrow through the 28th of November, 2021. Three products are 30% off for, you know, Black Friday stuff, the GBX protein, which is what I use every single day to make my green protein smoothie. That recipe is on my website. Also, Edge, which I know you guys love. I've done a full episode about why I love it. Edge is also 30% off. And then one of their new varieties of Energy Plus is 30% off. Again, through 1128. And that is the newest flavor it's dragon fruit, I think. It's either passion fruit or dragon fruit, and I think it's dragon fruit. Anyway, the cool thing about that new flavor is that it is both caffeine-free and sugar-free. I have recently given up caffeine again, and so that is my my go-to. All three of those are 30% off, and when you buy three or more, you get free shipping, so I'm going to be stocking up. Wanted to make sure you guys knew about that. I'm also going to give away Relief Plus because I love it. And at least every other day, somebody is messaging me. In fact, yesterday I got a message from somebody saying they have been suffering from plantar fasciitis, which if if you've ever had that, you know how painful it is. It's a foot thing that causes a lot of pain. And after a few weeks on edge, they started to see relief when nothing else had given them relief. And I guess I'm talking about seeing relief as in the 
a leaving of pain because the product is also called relief. So I'm going to give that away. I'll announce the winner at the end of the show. I wanted to do a Cabo recap with Chris, but Chris is upstairs with Roman. So I'll keep it really short. We went to Cabo for a week. It was a work trip. I was a little worried about traveling with a baby for a number of reasons. Super, super far because we live on the East Coast. Cabo, for those of you who don't know, is south of California, like way south. It is a long, long flight with a six-month-old. Roman did great. He did not cry a single time on the 16-hour travel day to get there. And um, he loved being in the pool. He was just, it was great. We brought our friend with us. That made it so much better because Chris and I were able to do a dinner date one night. We were able to have dinner with some business partners. It was wonderful. Glad to be home. Glad to be home. All right, so I'll announce the winner of Relief Plus at the end. Don't forget, between now, 27th, through the 28th, you can get 30% off um, GBX Protein, the Passion Fruit or Dragon Fruit Energy Plus, and Edge. I'll put the link in the show description. So you just swipe up on the show dart, and you'll see that. All right, first question. How... Do I stay decluttered? I could have written this question myself, to be perfectly honest, because with the holidays and a six-month-old, anytime somebody comes over, they're, they're bringing more stuff into our house, you know, like gifts for the baby, which we're so grateful for. But it's like there's just stuff everywhere, everywhere. And I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff. Personally, I would love to have a gift moratorium. And I know not everybody's like that. I was messaging about this, maybe on Facebook. My love language is not gifts. I do not, I mean, I appreciate gifts, right? But given a choice, I would not receive gifts and I wouldn't give gifts just because it's not my thing. You know, it's just some people's thing. We have a friend who is amazing at gift giving. Like I believe she should have a business where you pay her to shop for whomever, and you give her a price range, and she gets a cut, you know? So if you say $100, she gets 10%. She's amazing at gift giving. I do not enjoy it. I messaged my sister not long ago, and I was like, hey, you want to just not exchange gifts this year? Because <laughs> I, I don't love it. But that's not really the question. The question's about decluttering. I'm just feeling extra cluttered because tis the season. So I think staying decluttered requires that you declutter to begin with. When we were preparing for Thanksgiving, Chris was like, oh, I'll just take this and this and this and put them in your office, like to get them out of the way. And I said, oh, no, you won't, because then we just have one room that's a pile of junk. If we don't use it or we don't need it, it needs to be thrown away, given away, or put somewhere where we're not going to be trying to move it from one room to the other. I grew up in a home where around the holidays, Things just got put wherever they could go that was out of sight. And I think that just makes it more difficult. You've just delayed having to deal with it and you've spent your time without really solving the problem. So you have to get decluttered to begin with. You don't have to do this all at once, but start with a room or a closet or a category and purge. I don't know about you, but we have, um, we have a kitchen island. And on, well, on both sides, but on the side where the seats are, there's cabinets underneath. And because of the fact that there's 
bar stools, those seat, those cabinets just don't get opened very often. So for Thanksgiving, I was looking for something and I opened those cabinets and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have plates and bowls and mugs that we have not used since we moved in here. And that to me means donate. If I have not used it in over a year, because sometimes things are seasonal and it might have been nine or 10 months, but if I have not over, over used this in more than a year, especially if I have not used this in how long have we been in this house? Three years, I think. It's got to go. It's got to go. Time to donate. And a lot of times that can be overwhelming because it seems like it's going to take forever. But like I said, do one room at a time. I'm looking right now. I'm sitting in my office. We have collected throw blankets. And some of them are very, very meaningful to us. Some of them have like Dagny's name embroidered on them. Um, but a lot of them are just, you know, things that were given as gifts. I don't remember who gave them to us. Donate. We do not need 14 throw blankets. We just don't. We just don't. Looking around me, let's see here. We absolutely have, I have a couple of decorative vases that have just been sitting empty for at least a year and a half. Donate. Do it in a way that feels really manageable for you. And then in terms of staying decluttered, assuming that you've gotten decluttered, staying decluttered is all about making sure that everything has a place. For example, if you have a junk drawer, that's an easy place to start because that's where you throw things that really don't have a place. Make sure everything has a place. And then you'll realize that trying to find new places for things is going to show you when you've sort of reached your max. I don't think there's anything wrong with buying things new, getting new stuff, but you get to a point where there has to be a trade. If I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? If I bring on this new thing, what am I going to donate? What am I going to give away? What am I going to give to somebody who needs it? I really believe that most of us probably have 50% more stuff than we need, at least. And that clutter just causes stress. So make sure everything has a home. And then when you're putting things away, make sure it goes in its home. Resist the pattern of putting it someplace temporarily because you're just creating more work for yourself. You're doing the work once to move it, but you're not moving it where it really needs to go. So then you end up with a pile of laundry. For me, the big one is if I'm going to take clothes out of the dryer, then I need to fold them and put them away instead of putting them on top of the dryer. And then three days go by and I'm irritated that the bathroom isn't clean because there's, you know what I mean? If you're going to take the time to move something, move it to its rightful place. But I really believe that staying decluttered is really about making sure that you don't take on more than you have a home for. And the vast majority of us could get rid of a lot, donate a lot, sell a lot, give away a lot. I mean, I think it's a thing that needs to be done. Oh, this next one is kind of funny. I think it's kind of funny. I'd love to hear a day in the life of Elizabeth. What's your routine? I have no routine. I have a six-month-old. <laughs> it's true. I, I love routine. For my whole entire life up until Dagny was born, I had a routine. But there's something about having a six-month-old that means if you have a six-month-old, you don't really have a routine. Only because I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I also have a couple of businesses that I run that are full-time efforts. And 
I get it done when I can get it done. I don't really know what, we don't wake Roman up at a certain time. So some days he's up at five in the morning. Some days he's up at seven in the morning. It's usually more like five. And then I hang out with him until it's his first nap. And then his first nap sometimes is when I get a workout in, but sometimes he sleeps on me. And if I put him down, he doesn't go, you know, so I would love to tell you there's, there's a routine, but there is no routine. I'll tell you a couple things that are non-negotiables in my day, whether they happen at 4.30 in the morning or they happen at nine in the morning or they happen at two in the afternoon. One of them is I use my change makers journal every day because that helps me get focused. When I don't use that, it's really easy to kind of fly by the seat of my pants and not really get things done that I needed to get done. Sure, I might have emptied the dishwasher and made dinner for the family and cleaned up the living room, but I really needed to record this podcast or write an email and those things didn't get done. So that helps me prioritize things that are my, what I consider to-dos, but it also helps me make sure I'm making time for a workout, make sure that I'm connecting with people to build relationships, to maintain relationships. So that is an always thing. Another thing that is an always thing is my green protein smoothie. I don't know what we're going to do for dinner. You know, the other day uh, I planned to do spaghetti squash and ground beef, but then my mother-in-law was like, hey, do you guys want to come over for dinner? The answer is absolutely yes. I don't know what she's cooking. It turned out to be pasta and a meat sauce. I'm going to say yes. I'm absolutely going to do it. For me, making sure that at home I have that green protein smoothie, no matter what happens the rest of the day, I'm getting something that has good fats, that has good protein, that has some of my supplements in there, my probiotics, things like that. So that's part of my routine. And then intentional movement. Some days that might be a 20 or 30 minute workout. Some days it might be squats while I'm holding the baby and trying to get him to stop crying, right? It's just something that because I use my change makers journal, because I keep it out over the course of the day, I'm looking for opportunities to get that in. Sometimes it's by myself and it's a period of time that I feel really good about. And sometimes it's with the baby and I feel like that wasn't great. But those are some things that are part of my routine. Taking my supplements is part of my routine. Uh, but you know, there is, there is really not much of a routine. And this person followed up with what's a typical week's meal plan. So I don't really meal plan, but we have a few recipes that are not even recipes, a few meals that are in rotation. I mentioned one of them, spaghetti squash with ground meat and some sort of tomato sauce. Anytime I do grocery shopping, which is about once a week, I make sure that we have ground meat. I make sure that we have veggies. I make sure that we have spaghetti squash because that is something that either one of us, Chris or I, can throw together really quickly. We, at this time of year when it's cooler, we love to do a beanless chili. So that looks like lots of tomatoes, some carrots, a lot of spices, ground meat. Sometimes we'll just eat it like that. Sometimes I'll put it over cauliflower rice. That's another one. What are some of our other staples? cauliflower burrito bowls. So instead of rice, we'll do cauliflower rice, any kind of ground meat, avocado, salsa, that sort of thing. Steak, we'll probably one night a week do steak and broccoli or steak and stir-fried veggies. Sometimes we do those meals twice a week. Sometimes we do them once a week, but those are right now our staples. They can be different at different times of the year, but that's what they are right now. So I make sure I always have those things on hand. 
And then it comes down to what we're in the mood for. We go out to eat usually at least once a week. So once a week, usually Thursday night dinner is family dinner. Most of the time we do that out. Some of the times we do that in. And then I'll do something like fish and veggies. I really love salmon. I get that when we go out a fair amount of time. Or steak or burger without the bun. Those are my staples. Lunches are usually leftovers. And then I do my green protein smoothie at some point in the day. Sometimes that's more in like the early morning breakfast realm. Sometimes it's later, just depending on the baby. I like this next question. What do you think is the difference between self-love and selfishness? The difference between self-love and selfishness. So contrary to what a lot of people think, I don't think selfishness is bad. I think it can be if it means that you're not meeting the needs of people whose needs you care about. And I specify that because I'm not looking to meet the needs of a lot of people. But I want to make sure that in my self-care, I'm not ignoring the needs of my husband or my baby or my, my mom or my in-laws or anything like that. Selfishness is about a focus on self. That's not bad. It can be bad, but that's true of a lot of things. Inherently, they aren't necessarily bad. Cupcakes are not inherently bad. Could they be if you eat 12 of them or you have them every day? Sure. But I don't think there's anything wrong with selfishness. So self-love absolutely can be considered selfish. If I take the time to go get a massage and I leave the baby with my mom or with my husband or with my mother-in-law, could that be considered selfish? Yeah, because it is me first. Is that bad? No, not at all. But I think what the question is looking at is like, when, when is it good? When is it bad? Know who matters and are you being balanced? Because I'm not trying to balance the needs of everybody who listens to the podcast with my own self-care. That would mean that I never work out because I'm always on email or always on social media. I come before that. I have to. Because if I don't, then I, then I can't be the best me I am for my clients or anything like that. My marriage, though, how do I balance putting me first and meeting the needs of my marriage? What does that look like? And realistically, the answer is probably going to be different day to day. Because if it's a, a Tuesday night when Chris isn't going to get home until 7 in the evening, there's probably not going to be a lot of marriage-focused time in that day, and that's okay. I'm not looking for it to be balanced every day, but rather balanced overall. So whose needs do you need to make sure that you're considering? Or whose needs do you want to try to meet? And what does it look like to take care of yourself and also those things? I hear from a lot of moms who say that they feel guilty when they do something like work out. For me, that is a way that I can show love for my baby and for my future unborn babies because if I'm not healthy, they lose. And if they're not seeing me model prioritizing my health, they lose. So those are some of the things I think we need to consider. All right. How important is it to use the Changemakers Journal and how do you use it? Let's start with the second part. 
How do you use it is really straightforward. When you open it up, it's very, very clear instructions. And if you want more information, there's QR codes in there that you can scan and they'll give you more information. So how do you use it? I promise you becomes very clear. How important is it to use it? You can use a blank piece of paper if you want to. I just found for me, it helps to have a structure because it makes it, it just is one less thing I need to think about. It's going to guide me to prioritization. It's going to guide me to considering things like fulfillment. It's going to guide me to considering my goals. But I didn't have the Changemakers Journal until I made the Changemakers Journal and I'm just fine, right? I think it makes it easy for a lot of people to have that structure. But how important is it? Like I said, use a blank piece of paper if you want to. All right, three more questions. How did you get out of debt? So I think I've done full episodes on this. If it's something that you're curious about, go to primalpotential.com, search debt. They'll come right, they'll come right up. They're, they're older episodes because that was a long time ago. So I personally followed Dave Ramsey's process for getting out of debt. I encourage you to read any one of his books, Total Money Makeover, I think is where I started. Essentially, the way that it works is you get clear on what all your debts are. So if you have a Gap card that you owe $200 for, and then you have a Amex card that you owe $600 on, and then you have a student loan that you owe $3,000 on, you make sure you have written out who you owe and how much. And then you start with the smallest one, putting everything extra per month to that that you can, just that smallest one. Of course, you're still paying minimum balances on anything else that you owe. You want to try to find extra money. So if that means you get rid of cable, if that means you call your car insurance company and you negotiate for a lower rate, or you develop an additional stream of income, all of that extra money goes towards the smallest debt until it's gone, and then you move on to the next smallest one. There are a million ways that you could go about getting out of debt. That is how I did it. And I did that with my first husband. We did that together with me at the helm because he was really not excited about that process at first. But in hindsight, I know he thinks it was an amazing thing to do. What are your recommendations on how to move on from past mistakes and avoid repeating them? I think this is about self-awareness. Recognizing, are you dwelling on it? Are you lingering there? Are you in your feelings about what's behind you? You have to first recognize that and then redirect. So when you're in your feelings, how do I move on? Am I focused on where I'm going or am I focused on where I've been? Am I focused on how I feel about the problem or am I focused on what I can do about the solution? That awareness will allow you to redirect. I always remind myself, I'm not a problem person, I'm a solution person. I only have a certain amount of time and energy in a given day and I'm going to use that to create the solution. I'm not going to use that to rehash the problem. And then in terms of avoiding repeating them, I think this too is about self-awareness. For example, as I'm recording this, it's the day after Thanksgiving. In the past, I have let that turn from, oh, it's Thanksgiving, overeat. It's the day after Thanksgiving, overeat. It's two days after Thanksgiving and there's still leftovers, overeat. There's, you know, Christmas is coming and holiday stores and blah, blah, blah. And it would just continue on until waking up in mid-January feeling awful. The awareness of that 
allows me to get clear on, okay, what can I do today? This is where journaling helps me so, so, so much. Because when you're focused on what you want, when I sit down with my change maker's journal every day, I write out my goal. And then I write out three action steps. And just that alone helps me repeat past mistakes. I can have leftovers today. Absolutely. But do I need, you know, mashed potatoes and stuffing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Do I need to have all? No, of course not. I can have those things in a way that aligns with my goals. For me personally, avoiding repeating mistakes really comes down to the effort that I put into journaling every day. Because again, when I sit down with my change maker's journal, I'm writing out my goal. I'm writing out three action steps I'll take today on the day after Thanksgiving. I'm also writing three other areas of my life that I'm going to invest in. The awareness that comes from that and the focus on action that comes from that is very, very powerful. Final question, and then we'll get to the winner. What do you do when you're overtired or discouraged? So I'm going to tackle these differently because I think they're two different things. What do I do when I'm overtired? Most importantly, rest, sleep, figure out what can come off of my plate for that day so that I can get that rest even if I'm not sleeping. I'm, I'm not a napper. I've never been somebody who can nap. So maybe that I'm not going to bed until, you know, I'm not going to be able to sleep till bedtime, but I can take things off my plate. What are the things on my list today that don't need to be done today? I wanted them to be done today. I'd feel great if they were done today, but what can I take off? And there's almost always a lot of those things. That's where I start. Then making sure I'm prioritizing sleep. I know a lot of people who will stay up later than they want to stay up because they're watching TV. That to me, if I'm overtired, is just stupid, especially when I can watch the show the next day or the next week or whatever. So put that first. Finish dinner. There's nothing left to do. Go to bed. Baby went to bed at seven. Go to bed. That's what I do. When I'm discouraged, I focus on what I can do. I remind myself that fear is a liar because I create my results. I create my results. I might feel really discouraged about my lack of progress with this third book. And sometimes I do because y'all, between Cabo and just being a full-time mom and trying to work full-time and then the time I do get to work goes to more urgent things than writing, I absolutely can feel discouraged with my progress there, especially in terms of where I want to be with it by the end of the year and that's you know a month away. But instead of staying in how I feel about the problem, I go to what I can do about the solution. So when I have those moments, and I have them a lot, and I'm thinking, I should be further along. I should have prioritized this more. I really wanted to be in a better place with this. I just feel unmotivated. All right, Elizabeth, what can I do about it? Well, I can write today. Okay, when am I going to write today? Well, write during Roman's next nap, or today's a Friday, Chris is off work for the holiday. I can say, Chris, 30 minutes with the baby. I need to write for 30 minutes. I redirect. I do this all the time. You guys hear me say this all the time because it's a really effective tool. I redirect from how I feel about the problem to what I can do about the solution today. Not in general, not over the next few months, what I can do about the solution today. And I do that in so many areas of my life 25 times a day, if not more. Seriously, that practice alone, that practice alone, getting in a rhythm of redirecting from how you feel about the problem to what you can do about the solution, that practice alone can change your life. 
All right. So we're giving away Relief Plus today, but I also want to remind you today and tomorrow, you can save 30% on Edge, on GBX Protein, and on the Passion Fruit or Dragon Fruit uh, Energy Plus, the one that doesn't have caffeine or sugar. 30%. I'll put the link in the show description, but I'm giving away Relief Plus, and I am giving it to Anna Carter. So Anna, congratulations. Email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, Include your mailing address, and I will ship it to you. You can win as well every week. We give something away. All you got to do is leave a review of this podcast on whatever podcast listening app you use, or and or leave a review of either one of my books, Chasing Cupcakes or Tools for the Trenches on Amazon, or share on social an episode of this podcast that you're listening to or that you really love. Make sure to tag me so I see it, and you could win next week. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.